You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! on tonight's episode of hey mitch we have a very special guest we have artist and comic creator brent peoples thank you for coming on the show hey thanks for having me mitch uh i came across your 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 take the monkey and run project kickstarter on kickstarter and uh i I have to say the first line of calvin and Hobbes meets supernatural is what caught me like it was i was like i want to see that so uh I mean, can you can you explain a little bit more? Can you go a little deeper into what what the book's about? Yeah, so it's a project that I've been wanting to do actually for a couple of years, um, and I bounced it around if I wanted to do it and pitch it, you know, say Image or someone like that, um, or what I wanted to do. Um, but it was uh, something I've been wanting to do for a couple of years. But you know, taking work for higher gigs, you know, that kind of comes first um <clears throat> since you got to pay the bills but right now i have the time to do it and, and kickstarter seemed to be the best way uh right now to get it done um instead of trying to go out there and 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 pitch it and you know having to have so many books in the can before it launches and, and things like that um so i figured kickstarter would be a good way to do it and get into that later but um yeah so it, it's it's essentially you know, to me, it, it's it's Calvin and Hobbes meets Supernatural. I'm a big fan of both. Um, I just finished the I just finished the Supernatural series, and they wanted to make me cry at the end. The best they they tried as hard as they could. <laughs> um, but uh, it's about a little boy who, when he turns 13 years old, um, gets a gift from uh, from his aunt who he lives with quote unquote aunt. Um, he's lived with her since he was a baby, uh, no parents around. And, uh, it's a gift from his mom and it's a stuffed monkey. And he's kind of embarrassed because he's turning 13 and why is he getting a stuffed animal? And he's kind of angry because he's got a stuffed animal from, uh, you know, a mother he's never met that as far as he knows, abandoning it, abandoning him. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it's, a uh, he's kind of the, the pendulum swing between good and evil. Um, and, uh, you know, the bad guys want him, and the good guys want to keep him safe. And there's going to be plenty of, uh, you know, there's, there's the, the demons and the angels and there's going to be monsters and ghouls and different things like that. But he's got this stuffed monkey and we find out in the first issue, which I haven't done. I, I, I got the preview pages up and I'm debating on if I want to do it as an update the uh the reveal it's kind of like you have to have a hook but i don't i'm debating if i want to give the hook away or not but uh essentially the monkey is the little stuffed monkey is is essentially like his golem right it's like the calvin and Hobbes, where the stuffed tiger turns into a real tiger when when calvin's are you know when they're playing um this thing obviously turns into something else um yeah and the 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 preview pages that you have up on your kickstarter you you have a very great like uh, tease of the demons that are chasing this little boy. And, and as he shuts the door and the monkey's behind it and all of a sudden it's just a bunch of blood and you, you know, it's the monkey did it, but how did that happen? The stuffed monkey taking out these demons. So that's, that's, that's some pretty good, good work right there. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be able to, I, I tried to sell that the best I could without giving a, uh, like I said, really revealing anything uh, too much because I want when people to get the book, um, assuming that the, the project funds and the book comes out, um, 
you know, I, I want that to be um, kind of the big thing. That's why I didn't put it on the cover, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at doing some promo stuff here, um, which will incorporate a couple of the initial designs I did uh, a couple of years ago, um, like character designs. Um, so it it may come out anyway, and I think I think I may this week go ahead and just draw that page and use it as an update. Um, on the Kickstarter as a reveal, um, you know the character is one of my one of my favorite. I mean the 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 book as a whole and the series, the way I thought it through, um, you know both of those characters are, are super fun for me. Um, you know he's going to be this kind of little take no shit kid, you know. Um, and, and strong-willed and strong-minded and, and, you know, cantankerous little kid, uh, but he's got this this thing with him, and there's going to be some adventures, and um, I've got, you know, uh, one or two issues already planned out um, where I'm going to take kind of a weird psychedelic trip, you know, with it and uh, kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit. And so I think it's just going to be a really fun series, and I get to – kind of play with, you know, the, I get to play with the idea of, of, of two things I really, you know, love a lot. Um, especially, you know, uh, the Calvin and Hobbes aspect of it. Um, you know, it, it's Calvin and Hobbes was my grandfather, uh, when I was a kid introduced him to me. So, um, I've always had a big love for that, um, that series. Um, and it's also special to me because it's something that me and my grandfather really had in common, you know? Mm. Um, so playing with that idea and then of course, supernatural is just a fun show and just the idea of this, the, the spiritual, um, you know, it's, it's not just, even though they have, you know, vampires and werewolves and stuff, there's, there's just a whole lot that they, they play upon. Um, and I just thought it would always be cool to kind of, you know, I thought it was, it was cool to combine the two. Um, Are you ever going to have any uh, Sam and Dean like characters show up uh, to investigate a demons? Not, not really. Like, I don't want to get, I don't want to, I don't want to strap myself too closely to the idea. Uh-huh. You know, I want to, I want to use the, the inspiration from those things, but I don't want to um, necessarily steal anything. No, from those, you know what I mean. I don't want to take, um, you know. I, I guess you could always homage something like that, but if I did something of that nature, it would be like, you know, throwing baby, you know, in the background with the car. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or something, something where like an Easter egg type situation, um, you know. But I really want to, uh, as much as I want to play on those ideas, I also want to play on. Um, you know, the, the idea of a little boy who's, who's felt abandoned mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and part of, and going through the series, um, you know, part of the series is they have to go on this adventure and he's got to, he realizes his mom is alive and he's going to, needs to go find her. You know what I mean? Um, and find out kind of what's going on. Why is he this thing? And, 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 um, but I want to, I want to try to, in, uh, you know, I've got this thing planned out to be say six issues to start, uh, for the first arc, you know, I want to play on some of that, you know, that feeling of abandonment from a parent. Um, but also trying to reconcile that so he can, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So build that bond at some point. You, you see what I mean? I do. Uh, I do. So what, you know, what what's it like taking on the the writer role in this time? You know, the writer and and artist role for this book. Uh, it's different. Uh, this is the first thing I've, I've I've ever really written. You know, um, but when I sat down to write it, um, the first issue and and I've made tweaks obviously since um, I wrote the first issue. But when I sat down the first issue to write the first issue, it just came out. Um. And initially I was going to 
initially I was looking at having a co-writer, um, uh, talk to Phil Hester, who's a good buddy of mine. Um, and also Andy Parks, uh, because they're both artists and writers and, um, you know, Phil doesn't really, you know, they're, they're both busy and they, their schedules are always packed between Andy inking and writing and Phil drawing and writing. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, so they've, they've been, uh, very helpful in, in, um, kind of guiding me, um, in the first steps of this, uh, when I was initially writing it, you know, um, this is good, you know, maybe punch this up a little bit here and there, but, um, all in all, you know, they said that, you know, they're like, we think you, you don't need a co-writer. Like you can write this thing yourself. They're like, it's, it, the idea is good enough and you're doing a good enough job right off the bat. I'm not saying that I'm a Donnie Cates. I'm not saying that I'm a, you know, um, uh, any of these other amazing writers that all of a sudden now names have fallen out of my head. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm no, I'm no, I'm not anywhere close to these guys. I'm not anywhere close to Lemire or anybody, you know? Um, But I think uh, for my first leap off the diving board, um, I think that I've kind of got something, you know, and I think it's a good, I think it's a good product. Uh, I think it's a good story. I think it's interesting. And, and more than anything, I, I'm not trying to get too wrapped up in it where I'm overthinking it. I'm just trying to have fun with it. And I think it's like anything else. When, when I'm drawing something, if I'm really overthinking it, you can tell versus the pages or the commissions that I really have a good time with, they just feel different. So I'm just trying to keep that in my head and just and really just have fun with it, you know? So, um, so when you were, you were, picking uh people to help you uh, not so much write it but like uh read over what it is that you had already written like what was it what were the qualities that you were looking for were you looking for certain types of uh writers like something that's close to what you're writing or were you looking just for people that you knew or just honest it, feedback it's just i you know I, i've got um a handful of really close buddies in comics um that I can trust, you know, as far as giving me honest feedback, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Andy and Phil have been, Andy Parks and Phil Hester have been, uh, very instrumental in my career since I was first breaking in, you know, Andy Parks was one of the very first creators I ever met on my way out to go show my portfolio. And we just happened to click and stay friends. Uh, and then he introduced me to Phil within that same year, and they've just been, you know, I can, I can show them things. Hey, what do you think about this page? What do you think about this layout? You know, Hey, I'm stuck on this. What do you think? Um, and I can get legitimate feedback. Um, and I, I trust both of their, their skill sets, you know, um, same thing with the buddy, another buddy of mine, um, who's a writer, um, and very well-known writer in the industry. Um, and, you know, when I first, you know, when we first started becoming friends, I dropped the idea to him. He's like, yeah, that's, that's freaking dope, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and he's actually the one that, you know, I'll give him the credit and I'm not trying to drop names, but, uh, you know, just so he gets the credit. I mean, it's Donnie Cates. Um, and we were talking and I was like, you know, here's this. And, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't necessarily the elevator pitch. It was kind of like the extended elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And we were both at a signing and we were outside talking on a break. And I was like, yeah, you know, when this happens, you take the monkey and run. He's like, that's your title. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was it's a call good somebody. title. He's like, no, dude, that's, that's your title right there. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, I mean, that's, that's, it's a, it's a killer title, you know, but, and that's where I just, I trust my friends and, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I know other people, but I don't want to hem them up and, 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 you know, I feel like I'm going to bother them, you know, Hey, can you give me some pointers? You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, when I have a, a certain support system that I know that I can use, um, that don't mind, you know, 
I mean, even for the even for the preview pages, I showed them over to Phil and I was like, hey man, take a look at these. Because I'm doing this where it's scripted, but um I'm not locked into it. So, you know, if I've got 20 pages written, but if we go 24, we go 24. Mm-hmm. You know, if we go 28, we go 28. Um, so I'm kind of going on the fly. So, you know, the 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 preview pages that I set out are different than what I'd initially written. Same premise. Um but they're different. And so I just kind of, I kind of laid them out with dialogue in my mind. And once the thing is done, I'll go through and I'll dialogue each page, you know, and then send it to the letterer and, and have it done. Um, so I just, I'm, I'm kind of just getting to play with it, you know? So, but yeah, back to your question, I'm, I'm using, I'm, I'm leaning on people that I, I, I have that relationship with um, that I know are, are there to support me and help me out. I mean, you know, Andy, initially when I was talking to him about co-writing and, 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 you know, his schedule was just so busy, you know, he was like, but he goes, I'm more than happy to sit here and go through stuff and help you figure this out or, you know, critique it or quote, unquote, not really edit it, but you know, whatever you need to help with, right. shoot it my way out. So, so when you were creating this one like you were you're talking about you wrote out the script did you write out the whole thing first and then start drawing from there or were you creating from both ends where you drew the pictures or drew drew the panels first and then you crafted a story to it uh the initially i wrote out the entire script and okay. i did it you know not not marvel style the not the old marvel style like the full script right uh but i mean but that i mean it's been written for two years right I mean, it's just been sitting on my desktop for two years. You know what I mean? Um, and I did some layout pages for it back then when I was thinking about pitching it. Um, and then now, the, even though the story stays the same and there's going to be a lot of those elements in the original script that'll stay there, when I did these pages, I laid the pages out. I mean, I was like, okay, this is I know this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go um, for at least these five pages. Um and the first part of the story will be a little bit different than what I scripted. But like I said, I'll, I'll read through the script again and kind of look at where I was going and what I was doing. But um, it seems to work for me. What I'm finding is it seems to work for me if, if I have a plot idea and nowhere to go, that it's probably going to work better for me to just draw the thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I can lay out the pages do my thumbnails and roughs and look at them and go, okay, this works, this doesn't work. And then I can go back and dialogue as I need it. Um, you know, so that way I'm not overwriting or really overthinking it. Um, <clears throat> and I think when you're, when you're writing, what I'm finding is when I'm writing for myself as an artist, um, you know, it'd be different if I was writing for somebody else, but I know what I want. I know where I'm going. So as long as my, my beats are there, my plots are there. Um, I think more than scripting, um, I'm going to do, I'm going to draw, I'm going to, I'm going to write as I draw essentially. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, you know, to write to what it is that you are best at drawing, I guess, is a, is a way to put it or, right. uh, yeah. Uh, things that you love to draw, which are, are there certain aspects of, uh, drawing that you love to do more than others? Like, is there, do you love to, to see someone throwing a punch or is it more, introspective like the the one preview page that you have you have or you have of the cover of the two eyes the eye from the monkey and the monkey the eye from the the boy uh which is very very catching so uh i just wanted to know is there is there any particular part of the body or something that you like to draw more um not really i you know i when you break in all you want to do is draw capes and tights and action um, but the more I've done this, I, I did an issue of Titans that was, um, 100%, uh, talking. Mm-hmm. It was one, all it was, was an emotional issue. Um, it was after Nightwing had gotten shot in the head and none of the Titans knew what was going on. They didn't know if he was dead or anything like that. Right. And, um, the entire issue was them being sad or pissed or trying to figure it out. Um, and I really had a good time with that. Um, you know, the, the, the biggest amount of action in there was, um, 
because at the time Beast Boy was having a hard time controlling his powers, you know, him getting really angry and kind of hulking out on uh, Miss Martian. And that was the biggest, that was the biggest, you know, amount of action in there. And that was one panel. Um, but I really had a good time drawing that, really trying to figure out how to work with the different emotions and the body language, you know, for an entire issue. It's one thing to do three or four pages, right? And then the rest of it's fight scenes or whatever. Um, but when you have to draw 20 pages of it, um, it can become a challenge at times. And, and I'm, so I like, I like both. I mean, I like throwing the punches. I like the big action stuff. I mean, I was, I'm a, you know, I grew up reading 90s comics. I mean, I was, I was a teenager. <laughs> um, I mean, 90s comics, X-Men number one and, 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 you know, New Mutants and, and X-Force back then, like all that 90s stuff is what really grabbed my attention when I was, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. Um, you know, I remember when Image kicked off and, and Wildcats and Youngblood and, you know, uh, Cyberforce and all that. Like It was in your face, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that in your face stuff. I love the fun stuff. Um, but I think now I have just as much fun drawing the quiet introspective moments. And sometimes, you know, one of my favorite panels on the preview pages is when the little boy, which his name is Mike, by the way, um, he's actually named after my brother, Mm. um, uh, my older brother. Um, but, uh, one of my favorite panels is him in the closet where he's kind of back down and the shadows kind of cast over his eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, uh, but it's just, it's one of my favorite panels. It's, it's, he's nervous. He's scared. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And oh yeah. I just, I really, I really like that panel as much as I like drawing blood spatter and, and, you know, <laughs> you know running and, and punching and jumping and, um, so I enjoy, I enjoy all of it, you know, as far as a favorite body part, I actually really enjoy drawing hands. Like I love to draw hands. Most artists don't, um, you know, have I, you found, have I, you found there's a trick to it? No, I just, I just, I've always kind of enjoyed drawing. Um, you know, when I was trying to break into comics, shit, this is back in 2007. Um, I had been out of comics for a while, like not reading, not anything. Um, and um, so I went back into the comic book shop and started picking up what was out then. And that's when Coypel's Thor was hot, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, the way that Coypel drew hands really uh, grabbed me. And so I think it just, uh, and I, I still look at his hands. Um, you know, uh, Pepe Larias does, draws hands crazy killer, you know. Um, there, I think hands, hands are, are like eyes, um, where they can, they can really show emotion. Yeah. You know, it's not just a fist or, you know, whatever. I mean, you can, you can show so much emotion, um, and feeling and, and drama and whatever with a hand, um, so I just, I really like, enjoy, I, I enjoy drawing. So the current, uh, in your, in, in the current plan for take the monkey and run is, is six issues. When's the, the Kickstarter ending? The Kickstarter ends in, uh, 18 days. So April 17th, April 17th. As of right now, we're, I'll say we're me, uh, 29 or 30% funded. So okay. obviously the, little bit of ways to go um you know when i set up the kickstarter you know obviously this is my job this is what this is my full-time gig so mm-hmm. you know i had to build in enough to pay myself which is actually less than my page rate um and then enough to ship and print and all of those you know fun things box and pack and all that um but uh, so it's a, you know, it's, it's not a crazy hefty goal, but it's, you know, 7,500 bucks. Um, so we're just shy of three grand right now. Um, about a week and a half in almost two weeks in, 
Um, so yeah, we're, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get there because I'd really like to see this thing go because it can, you know, the first arc is six issues, but you know, I would like to take it as far as I would let it go. So do you think that like, if we were still, if we were able to be doing cons at the moment, like that would have been a, a, a avenue that you could have taken that would have helped in, in pushing? Oh, I think so. <clears throat> I mean, I think, I think conventions are, uh, essential to this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can promote, you know, I mean, I, I go to a convention and come home and have, you know, a, you know, more Instagram followers than I did when I left or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, outside of the financial aspect of conventions, I mean, the, the, you know, promoting yourself as an artist is, is a big reason to go. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter if you're just trying to break in or if you're established, um, you know, talking to other creators, talking to other editors, talking to publishers, talking to, you know, uh, fans and individuals. So, yeah, I think, you know, this would be, this is the, almost the end of March. It's the end of March. I would have, in a regular year, I would have been to at least already two or three conventions this year. Um, you know, I tend to do about one a month um, and maybe a couple, you know, maybe a couple of months, just depending on the month. Um, so if we had conventions, I think it would make it easier. I think we'd probably be able to to fund it a little faster. But. So, you you already said it. You you said one. You said you worked on Titans. You you've also worked on New Superman and and Major mm-hmm. X over at Marvel. Like, what's what's that like working in in the the big two? What's the the process, the mindset when you're doing that? Uh, it's a blast. Um, you know, for whatever reason, um, I've been doing this for you know. This is my 11th year working professionally in comics. And, and for whatever reason, whenever I still get nervous, whenever I pick up a new project. Um, but I love, you know, I love working on those characters. What, you know, working at DC um, on Titans and, and new Superman was new Superman was my first work at DC. And I, I fell in love with those characters. Um, they became, you know, I took over after our, after Victor and, and, Philip Tan was on a, an issue or two in between me and Victor. And, um, and then I got to see the, the series suits and uh, minus one issue in there. And those, those characters became like kids to me because mm-hmm. I got to, I got to, to essentially follow them through, you know, their growth of, of what they were. Um, if you hadn't read the series, you know, the, the, the Superman in that series, uh, Con Keenan, he was, he was a jerk, you know, at the very beginning of the series and you got to watch him grow into a, a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, that was a blast. I, I still miss drawing that book. I wish it would come back and I could draw it again. Um, Titans was dope. Um, I love drawing that book. Uh, Raven became one of my favorite characters to draw. So is Miss Martian. Uh, <laughs> You know, drawing Beast Boy. And, and, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're, there's personalities, and, and, and that's what it is. I mean, I got to do a, a small Batman story for that Love is, uh, Love is Love book, and that was really cool to draw Batman, right? And I got to draw, you know, the Justice League briefly in, in New Superman, um, very briefly in that, in that series, just for a, a couple issues, but it's really fun to draw those, those iconic characters. Uh, and I would love to do, I mean, I still, still kind of my bucket list is to draw, you know, at least a couple of issues of the, an actual Superman book before I croak, um, or my hands get out. But, um, drawing the iconic characters like that is really fun, but some of these other characters have such different, you know, Batman's just stoic all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Superman is the Boy Scout, right? But right. It's the other characters like Raven and and Miss Martian or whatever these these characters that have this quirkiness to them that you can kind of play with uh, in their personality, which makes it really fun. Um, you know, um, shit. What else did I do over at DC? Well, drawing it, drawing uh, the new Superman, like 
like you're saying, you got to see as this character grew. I mean, this is a brand new character in, uh, you know, a major DC comic, you know? So how is that to be like, you're not really uh, restrained by any past history of this character. Like if you're drawing Clark Kent, Superman, that's going to be a lot of history there that you have to stick to. Whereas, uh, this, this new character, you don't have that. Is that, does, do you feel, do you feel that or is it not, am I reading, not reading too much into it? No, I mean, there is, there's more freedom to it. Um, but that is the same way as, is if I'm doing an, a quote unquote side character, um, you know, if somebody gives me, you know, somebody sends me, says, I want to commission a Superman or Batman or Captain America or whatever. It's very iconic. And you have to, you have to do that character. Right. Right. Like you, mm-hmm. you are restricted to a certain amount. Um, but it's, there are other characters, you know, the other characters that are out there that aren't your top, whatever, um, there, there is more freedom. There's more room to play um, uh, just because I don't think they're um, uh, I don't know the, what the word I'm looking for, but, but yeah, there, there's more room to play. So especially with, with new characters like that, there's definitely room. There's more freedom to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not, somebody's not going <clears> to <throat> come down on me. They may not like the way I draw, but they're, you know, they can't say, well, he doesn't look like Superman. Because it's a new character, right. so really it looks like you know. As long as we get him, you know, I'm going to draw him how I, how I want to draw him because I don't have to base him off of 60, 70 years worth of hit or however old they are now worth of history. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Is so, uh, is it- but you know, X was the same thing, right? I mean, there was the toughest part of drawing Major X for me. Um, and that was another dream come true just because I got to work with Rob. Like I've known Rob for a while. Um, and getting to work with Rob on an actual book was like a nineties kids dream come true. I mean, true. I grew up, I grew up reading this dude's work, right. And looking at, and, and people have all kinds of opinions about Rob. I love Rob. And, um, this dude loves comics and he's a big advocate for comics and to watch him interact with his fans and the enthusiasm. And we're doing that book and, uh, he let us do our thing, man. You know, I mean, he saw all the layouts and stuff and he didn't ask for corrections. He, he let us do our thing. Um, and the hardest part about drawing that series, um, was, the issue where I had to draw cable because cables got to look like cable and it's nineties cable. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, you know, Wolverine is Wolverine and, and beast is, you know, uh, fairly easy and, um, you know, but cables got to look like cable. So it was drawing that, that iconic character that was the hardest drawing actual major X, you know, um, and the other characters in there wasn't what I had more freedom to play. Even when we drew, you know, even Dreadpool, which was the future version type version of Deadpool in that book, um, you know, it was a new design or whatever. So as long as I had the basic down, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you just got to make the mask has to be iconic, but past that, you know, it, it's, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, there was, it was definitely, uh, you know, you get to play more. You know, did you- drawing Carnage, when I did, I did a small thing of Carnage, and that was, again, that was a little, uh, that was a little tense because Carnage has got a, you know, Carnage is pretty iconic. Um, and, uh, but that was, I mean, that was fun. That was, that was a motion comic thing I did for them. Um, so, actually, I, I, I had to do a commission of Carnage once and I walked up to, to Mark Bagley at a convention and playfully cussed him out. I was like, I had to draw a commission of your character and why did you have to make him so freaking hard to draw? <laughs> like, dude, take off, I would have made him easier. <laughs> did, uh, it was, well, was there a 
particular character when you saw it coming up in the script that you were like super excited that you were going to get to draw? In Major X? In in any book. In any book? Uh, no. I think I was excited to kind of draw all of them. Yeah. Um, you know, when the Justice League popped up, or I, you know, you get those little giddy moments. Like I get to draw Wolverine. I get to draw, you know, uh, this is super dope. Um, so any of those major characters, yeah, that's that's really cool thing. Um, but I, I find I tend to find love for, um, you know, every character that I draw. Mm-hmm. Um, find a way to love them. Um, outside of the thing, if I ever have to draw a Fantastic Four book, I think the thing that's going to be on hiatus because <laughs> I don't want to draw that. But um, that's the one character I, I just loathe having to draw. Is it the bricks? Uh, is it the rocks? Is it is yeah. it the cracks? It just doesn't make sense. It's rock, and but it moves, and it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense in my brain. Uh, I, I get that. It's just, it, it just doesn't. It's like robots. It's like you know, drawing megazords or, or transformers. Like I don't. It just it doesn't make sense. Um, I can't wrap my brain around it. I probably overthink it too much. But <laughs> um, but you know when I worked over when I worked on. Um, you know, several years ago, me and me and Hester did the gold key stuff over at Dynamite, which was Turok and Solar and all that, right? Um, and but I, I got I got giddy getting to draw Turok, mm-hmm. you know, Dinosaur, you know, um, and and Solar. Like I mean, our Solar in that book, it was kind of a Elseworlds kind of thing, uh, or it was a multi-dimensional thing. Uh, like a multiverse thing, but our solar was, was a, a an African-American female. Um, but there was a scene where there was an issue where I got to draw, like come up with all these different types of solars. Um, and I got to draw the actual, you know, classic solar and, you know, I got giddy about that, but I, I grew up on that character too. Right. So I kind of get excited anytime I get to draw, uh, really any established character because especially that I haven't gotten to work on it before um, just because now I get to work on it. Mm-hmm. So when was it that you first picked up the pen and pen and paper started drawing? Uh, I mean, I was little I and mean, my dad had me drawing, um, you know, when I was, I think four or five years old. Oh. And I, I I remember going to his house on the weekends and he would buy me the big 11 by 17 oversized comics. Um, and that's back when they would do like the crossovers. There's, there's the, the iconic one of Superman coming down, a Spider-Man coming down. I think right. that's Luther better on there or something like that. Right. Uh, had that one. I think I may still have it upstairs. Uh, but in the back it had the, you know, learn how to draw Superman or whatever. And uh, so, um, I mean, he had me drawing all that stuff and, and, uh, Superman was kind of my dude back then. Um, I think that's why I have a, a real special deep love for that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but you know, I was drawing back then and then all through grade school and, and it was about high school when I quit drawing, you know, I made doodle in class, but I like quit drawing, drawing, um, got into music and, and it wasn't until 2007 when I was watching a Marvel's guide to New York city, I think on the history channel or travel channel or something. And, um, it was, you know, interviews with Romita junior and, and, um, Stan Lee was on there and all this. And I was like, man, I need to, I've always wanted to do this. I need to give this a shot. And I was working at a job where I was making really good money. Um, and I decided to start giving comics a shot and not make any money. And, uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so then that, that's when I picked it back up. And it was weird because I started drawing again um, and I essentially picked up where I left off. So I drew like I did when I was 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I hadn't drawn. So right. uh, I hadn't progressed. So, I mean, I drew like I was still reading, you know, I, I still drew like everybody did back in the 90s. Right. You know. Not that great because it was, let's be honest, it was shit. But <laughs> it had a certain look, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I'm not saying theirs was shit. I was saying mine was shit. It was the shit version of what they were doing. Ah, uh, got you. 
you know, but, um, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it, so then, then I just, so then were you taking it into, uh, like portfolio checks and, and, and advice at, at com at conventions and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, I went into, went into a comic book shop here, Zeus, um, here in Dallas and, uh, I walked in and, and then now one of my really good friends, he was working the counter and, uh, I was like, so I'm trying to break into comics. Do you know anything about that? Like, I didn't know. And he kind of looked at me and rolled his eyes and he was like, well, I mean, you know, you do this. And I just kind of researched it. I Googled it, uh, found some sample scripts they were having, you know, they, uh, think they were having a signing and I think it was I think it was Mark Brooks and Jaime Mendoza were coming in. I think that's the signing it was. So yeah, I just worked with some sample pages and took them in. And um so that's what I initially did was was they they had a kind of a couple signings back to back or whatever. Um and then um would show that and then I went to to Wizard World Dallas or here. Um and showed my portfolio there. And then that's what I would do. I mean, I would, I mean, I remember, you know, um, luckily my job allowed me, it was, there was times in the day where it was slower paced because it was a lot of phone work. Um, so when kind of the middle of the day, we'd kind of taper off so I could actually sit at my desk and instead of doing nothing, if I was caught up in my work and, and being bored and playing solitaire, I would, I would work on pages uh sample pages but then i would you know i i flew out to WonderCon for one day just to show my work and flew back you know i flew in that morning rented a car drove up showed my work came back flew home that night did you, you know? get did you get some good advice oh i got everything from you know um you know i i got really good advice you know do this better do that better you know work on this you know, here's these rules, here's these kind of things, you know, you do this great, you don't do this so great, whatever, all the way to, uh, you know, learn to draw better. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, but it, everything was, you know, but also, I mean, I remember going to San, San Diego, uh, my first San Diego, I went out there and I was going to show my portfolio and I was super green and I was going to conquer comics. And, uh, by the end of day two, I was just, I was beat. I was beat down, you know, because uh, I wasn't getting callbacks here and, and this review went okay, but you know, I, I wasn't where I, you know, they wanted me to be. And I walked up to a buddy of mine and he was like, you either want it or you don't, you know, it, it was a creator that I'd met and uh, become, you know, pals with. And, and, and I walked up and he was like, Hey, how's it going? I was like, Oh, you know, it's really down. And he looked, he's like, yeah, the water you don't like you want it go get better and come back and and you know get get a job mm-hmm. or quit which one is it essentially um but that's kind of the story of life right right the other one you want it go get it. um so uh i just kept pushing i mean it took me it took me two years to get my first gig and it was you know um it was grim fairy tales and um you know it, it took me six or seven years to get my first big two gig you know mm-hmm. um i worked for everybody else i worked for dynamite and boom and valiant and uh xenoscope and archie and uh in some capacity i'd worked for kind of almost you know i worked for image i did a six issue series over at image, uh, early on in my career, pretty quickly after my Xenoscope stuff. And, um, you know, for at that time that pretty much all the publishers that there were out there, minus, you know, maybe some, some new guys like at the time, like Ryan Forger or, you know, something like that. But, um, you know, I, it took me six years to get my first gig, you know, my first major big two gig, right. Uh, quote unquote, big two gig. So, um, you know, it's just, but it's, it's, it's what I wanted, you know? And then last year I, I actually took a, a, a kind of a self, uh, I, I kind of just took a hiatus too. Um, you know, I had worked and, and had been grinding for years. Um, and COVID hit convention stopped. 
And so at the big, you know, beginning of the last year, I, I think I went four months without even looking. Yeah. For, for you know, I'd take convention. I mean, I mean, I'd take commissions or, um, you know, do other kind of work. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, even last year I did some, you know, I did some creative stuff, some storyboard stuff for, um, you know, another company and also do music too. So I was able to do some music for like some promo commercials and things like that. Like have my hands in something different than comics, right. you know, um, you know, do, you know, it was for a cell phone company. So it was, you know, here's the new phone and we're going to release this. So I did the storyboards for it and then they would do the, you know, the 3d and stuff and, and make the commercial off my storyboards. And I'd go in there and add music and, um, and then mix it all down or whatever. So, um, just took a break, you know? Um, but I finally had enough of that break and was like, I need to draw some comics again. So I actually still, you know, tell a story. I love drawing covers. I mean, I did, I did a few, you know, I did a few issues last year of, uh, James Bond for, uh, dynamite. And, you know, I did a handful of covers. Dynamite did the, uh, the Liefeld homage covers mm-hmm. or so I did those and um, did a couple other, you know, covers like a red Sonia cover here or there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, it's, it's a new year and I'm ready to, to be back to telling a story full time. And you're getting to and, tell your story. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I, and, you know, I would love, I mean, if, if DC called me tomorrow um, or Marvel called me tomorrow, then uh, I'd take the gig. And I'd figure out how to draw my book while I, I did that gig. I just, uh, but if I can tell my own story, if I can, if I can do my own thing. And I think right now, um, I think with indie books, the sky's kind of the limit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, between Kickstarter and, and, um, you know, the actual book, pub- not, not just comic publishers, but, but book publishers, um, like random house or, or whoever, um, you know, that that's a good outlet. Now that's a good place to go. Um, so if I can get this book done and I can get it with someone like that. Right. Um, but also with you, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking every aspect of it. So as much as I want to tell my story and I'm not doing my story for TV, I'm not doing my story for a movie, but the outlets for doing your own thing are because of, you know, Disney's got Marvel on lock and HBO has got DC on lock. Well, now you have these other companies like Netflix and prime and Hulu that are looking for new content. Right. And, and, uh, I'm not saying I've got the best thing out there. You know, I don't have the best story out there. Uh, somebody's going to come in behind me or, you know, and, and, and write a much better story. I mean, there's somebody today writing a much better story than I. There, there's much better writers out there. There's much better artists out there. Um, I mean, I wouldn't sell yourself short, but well, be but, humble. But, but, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying. But I think I think I have a really great story. You do. Um, and with, but you look at Netflix, and you can scroll through Netflix and find nothing but shit all day long. I mean, I can't find anything to watch on Netflix right now. I'm like, really? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, to think about, okay, if if I do my own thing and I own my own thing, then why not try to have someone option it? Yeah. How cool it would it be to, I mean, I just watched the first three episodes of Invincible and I love the book and it was super rad to see it on TV. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a great job with it, you know? So uh, if... If, you know, if I can do those things and, and get that out there and, you know, and I mean, something that my kids can watch, like, you know, my kids can read Titans and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I want to do something that's mine that they can like this book will not have, uh, you know, it may have enough over the head humor like a like a DreamWorks picture would, you know what I mean? Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like but, train your dragon. Yeah, but there's not going to be there's not going to be any innuendo, right? You know, 
I'm not going to have language in my book. There's going to be a little bit of violence, maybe some blood, but these days I'm not really worried about my kids looking at blood and violence. I don't have violent kids. You know what I mean? It's, I but do. it's not going to be in the preview pages. I had a severed arm and ear and an eye. I didn't do the, you know, over the top initially where, you know, it was a body split in half, you know what I mean? So there'll be some of that. Now, later on the issue, there's going to be some pretty, uh, some gore to it. Um, but most kids now with, you know, between call of duty and whatever else they're playing. I mean, there's a, it's not going to be anything more than a PG 13 movie. Yeah. It's not going to be anything more than, 13 movie, but I'm not going to have, I want it to be appropriate enough. A a good middle reader that a teenager, 13, 14, whatever can read. Mm -hmm. Uh, It may be a little bloody for an eight or nine year old or six year old, but, um, but a a good mid level reader book, but also good enough for adults to enjoy too. Because I think, um, I think comics have become so adult that, there's even there's even issues of mainstream books on the shelf that I wouldn't let my kids pick up. I I get that. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um. So, you know, I think it would just I think I think indie comics. As much as I love the work for higher stuff, and as much as I love the freelance stuff, Marvel and DC, or you know any other company, um, I I really. I got to get, I, I need to get this story out because it's just, it's been sitting here for two years and I've had people telling me I should get it done or when are you going to do your thing or what's going on with this thing. And uh, this is kind of the time for me to do it. I have the time to do it. So instead of, you know, I've got commissions to do, so I've got to make sure I get those done. I've got <clears throat> a good amount that I need to get done. Um, but while the industry is kind of in the, uh, the realm that it is, and there's a lot of creators out there, that don't have work, why not make that productive? Yeah. You know, and try to get this thing done. So when you are sitting down to, to draw, to create, like, do you need, do you need a quiet room? Do you need uh, white noise playing in the background? Do you have, do you have references up everywhere or do you just I've use a computer? Yeah. I've got references all over my computer. Um, I've got tabs upon tabs open up. Um, but no, I don't do quiet very well. I mean, yeah. occasionally myself to sit down and go, Hey, I need to touch this up. And then I've been working for an hour and, you know, I see one thing I want to fix or do. And then it's, you know, I sit down and then an hour later I'm still working on it. I haven't turned anything on. Um, but I usually play movies in the background. Um, and it's either most of the time it's a horror movie. I'm a big horror fan. Nice. Um, so, um, not really bad horror. Like I, I can't get into like really horrible, bad B movie horror. Okay. Um, but you know, it's either a horror movie or it's something that I've potentially seen already. So that way I know kind of what's going on. I don't have to watch it. Um, but it's just, you know, I can kind of look up at it, you know, take a break, stare at it for a second and then get back to it or whatever. But I always have, always have some kind of noise going on. Um, I used to do music a lot. I really don't do music too much anymore. Um, I like to hear the the talking from a movie. Um, I don't like getting bothered when people, you know, someone come in like, you know, my daughter I, uh, is getting used to, she's recently now, uh, I have custody of her. And uh, so she's getting accustomed to dad being in the office and, you know, walking in and I'm in the middle of something. I'm like, what? But you know, he's also... <laughs> She's also 10. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't do quiet. I've got to have some kind of something going on. Uh, I mean, is there any particular advice you would give to someone that's, that's working, uh, their way through, uh, the same process and how to draw right. or how to, how to break in or anything like that? You know, breaking in is every, it's, it's different for everybody. Um, you know, the only advice that I would really give anyone is, um, just to work as hard as you can. Um, you either want it or you don't, right? Yeah. I mean, you either want it or you don't. And there's enough ways now 
to the only thing that's going to keep you from breaking into comics is yourself at this point, because between Kickstarters and GoFundMe's and smaller publishers of Marvel, you know, we're not just talking Marvel and DC anymore. Right. I mean, how many publishers are out there, right? Um, how many options are out there for web comics and, and all these different things. So, so breaking in now is way different from when I quote unquote broke in almost 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, still 11 years ago, you know, there was no Kickstarter. There was no GoFundMe. The you know, web comics were for, you know, quirky indie guy. You know what I mean? It, it was not, um, it, it, it's not the same as it is now. I mean, you got people that you can do a web comic on Instagram and have a hundred thousand followers tomorrow, you know, and be making a living at it. So it's just, it, you just got to kind of find your lane, what you you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to, you know, what do you want to say? What do you want to draw tights and capes all the time? Or do you want to do your own thing? Um, but it's just a matter of, you know, uh, it, it's being true to yourself, I think, and, and just working hard. If you want to work with the big two, find out what the big two are looking for and then go get it done, you know, but it's also being very honest, you know, you can be a, a killer inker and, and a mediocre penciler, but you want to pencil comics. Well, maybe you need to go ink comics, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's, it's a reality of, you know, you know, I do music and I, you know, <clears throat> one of my, part-time jobs, which is more like a full-time job because that's just what it is, is is singing in um, like a cover band here in Dallas. And we play when COVID's is starting to taper off down South. So as far as not COVID, but the restrictions, um, you know, so the opportunities for us to go back to Louisiana and Oklahoma and these places or whatever and play these gigs. And we're playing in Dallas, you know, now anywhere from one to three times a week. Um, at different clubs and bars and, and we get paid for it. I mean, legit money. Um, and I love to sing, you know, front man, the band, you know, and, and, and I'm one of the lead, you know, it's me and a girl or the lead singers, of the band, but am I, do I, as much as people want to say, I'm a great singer. Do I think that I'm Grammy worthy? No. You know what I mean? It, I it's just being, it's, it's being realistic. You know, I'm not going to drop everything and move to Nashville tomorrow to try to get a record deal. <laughs> you, so- you know yeah, yeah, I I completely get what you're saying, and and I mean, having a realistic view of yourself is is the perfect way to to make yourself better, right? So it's it's understandable, but I I now have to ask with that piece of knowledge dropped, what's what's your song? What's the go to song? What's the what's the headliner? I don't know. We do everything, and the band the band does everything, uh, all the way back from. You know Fleetwood Mac and 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 Earth Wind and Fire all the way up to Bruno Mars and Radiohead and everything in between. You know, it's um, an extensive library. Yeah, I mean we do we do everything, um, and you kind of have to. I mean it's it's uh you know we play clubs with you know and and private parties and corporate gigs and weddings and and the whole nine yards. So you gotta you gotta have a big a big library. Um, but we do it all, man. You know, I mean, I've gotten in the past few years, I've gotten a little bit more in the country, which I used to loathe. Mm. Uh, but I'm a big Chris Stapleton fan now. And, and there's a couple other guys that I've gotten into country-wise. But, you know, um, I'm an R&B kid at heart. I mean, that's what I grew up listening to. Um, and, um, you know, I've gotten more since I've been in the band in the past couple of years. I've gotten more into classic rock. Uh, which I listen to now more than anything. Um, you know, um, I mean, I kind of always liked it, but I wasn't like really versed in it. Right. I was a, I was an R and B hip hop kid. Um, so, uh, I've gotten, you know, much more into classic rock. And, um, so we don't really have a, a go-to really. I don't think we just kind of play whatever. There's and no, I just listen. You know, I, it, there's songs I get tired of singing. Like we do September by Earth, Wind & Fire. <laughs> I used to love the song and I still like the song, but every time I have to sing it, I want to slip my wrist. <laughs> I understand. I understand that. 
Uh, okay. I mean, that I, I love that. That was a, a cool thing to just to bring up there. Uh, you obviously you said supernatural and horror movies. Are these your go-to like type of uh, movies? Is that is that your genre that you you love to watch? If you just you got the moment to not work on something, sit down. You're gonna watch TV. I think so. I mean, I uh, like it happened several years ago. Where I mean, I've always liked scary stuff uh, and horror stuff, but I just kind of fell into it. Where if I click on, you know, if I'm turning on my TV and I'm going through my different streaming services. Like I'm checking out the horror section first, uh-huh. you know, um, I want to, I want to check out that before I check out an action movie. And I love action. movies. I love all the fast and furious movies. Um, but you know, my, my go-to movie though, um, is if, um, it's either going to be the original Superman with Christopher Reeve, Nice. Um, it's gonna be that, um, and it, it not number two. <laughs> <laughs> no, people like Superman too, but I'm just Superman is is my one. Um, or it's gonna be anything from the Rocky franchise. I so love that. I'm a huge, huge Rocky fan. I got a, I've got the the not how hard you get hit quote tattooed on my arm. Um, I'm a huge, huge Rocky fan. All of them. I know people dog on five. I love five. There's moments in five that are still very, uh, authentic. And, uh, as much as Tommy Gunn was shit in that movie, it, it's still, there's still moments like the, the scene where, you know, Tommy Gunn has left Rocky to go be with the other, the other manager to become this, this great boxer you know, Rocky is watching him when he's in his basement and he's watching the fight and he's reliving his career through Tommy on that TV as he's punching the back. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a real authentic moment. And I love it. I love it. You know, it, yeah, the very end, you know, where he punches a guy and, you know, I'm going to sue you. Sue me for what? Because it's broke. Yeah, it's corny, right? But but there's there's parts of that movie uh, that are still very real. Uh, and yeah, I love. I mean, I watched Rocky one the other night, um, and to this day, I will tear up at every single Rocky movie. At some point, I'm going to tear up, if not have tears running down my face at some point. And and that goes for both Creed movies too. I, I mean. They they win awards for a reason, so I, I understand it. Uh, I have to get, I have to get to my last question, so it's it's yeah, the question that we ask. Talk your ear off, huh? <laughs> oh no, no, I, I I've enjoyed every minute of this, so I, I thank you once again. But if you could have one useless superpower, and it has to be useless, uh, what would that useless superpower be? Jeez, man, I don't even know. I've been kind of having it in the back of my head the entire time. And, um, so the one that I usually throw out there, is the one that I pick for myself, is is that I can instantly grow my hair one inch, but only one inch. So that can't <laughs> do that. You can't do nothing with that. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say because I'm looking at my candles on my entertainment system i would say light my candles from the couch but that's really not useless because i'm lighting the candle yeah, i don't but know it's not i mean, really helping anything either like, it's not really help- <laughs> so that's there that's my that's just me being lazy i just want to light my candle <laughs> so that's my useless superpowers to light candles i love that i love that uh once again thank you thank you so much for coming on the show talking to me about your project uh take the monkey and run you said april 17th is the last day on the kickstarter um right. People should go out, check it out. Please back it and uh, and and find you on social media. Do you have social media you'd like to give out? Yeah. Um, so my Facebook is uh, just my name, Brent Peoples, P-E-E-P-L-E-S. Um, I have a, a fan page on there too. Don't use that. Don't like that. Don't click on it. I haven't used it and I can't tell you how long uh, it's sitting dormant. I probably should just cancel it. 
uh, or delete it or whatever you call it. I'm 41. I don't know the words. Um, <laughs> Um, and then um, Twitter is uh, Twitter and Instagram both are people's art P E E P L E S A R T uh, people's art. So that's that's both the, the Twitter and the Instagram. Um, I'm not real vocal on Twitter outside of posting, you know, art. As I say, I saw the <laughs> commission work uh, that you posted earlier today. Yeah, and I kind of use Twitter like I do Instagram almost. Like, I don't really type a whole lot. I just, you know, here's something new I did or this is coming out or whatever, the same way I would use Instagram. Um, and, yeah, so the Instagram and, and is probably the – they're all about the same. I think I use them all about the same. Uh, just post my artwork on there. Facebook's got a little bit more personal stuff. Every You know, post my kid on there every now and then or whatever. But um, I still try to keep it all pretty, pretty comics-based for the most part. So that's my place is go find me. There you and go. then yeah, go go take a look at the Kickstarter. If we could get this thing funded, I think it'd be a fun ride. I I agree. So, I, I agree. Uh, if anybody would like to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchapedia G E M. G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to. Geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.